Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of having an awesome entrepreneur, leader, investor in the healthcare space. His name is Savan Devani. He is the founder uh, and CEO of BioTrillion. BioTrillion is a health tech AI startup. They're on a mission to scale, radically scale healthcare by applying smartphone tech to human physiology. Savan uh, previously spent the majority of his two-decade career as a healthcare investment banker with Citigroup and also Deutsche Bank. From analyst to managing director, Savan executed 40 M&A, IPO, and strategic deals, totaling $35 billion in deal value. So he has seen a lot, and all of it has been across the drug, diagnostics, and device spectrum. Uh, he began his career in, in bio, bioengineering at Life Technologies, and uh, now he's doing some incredible work with uh, BioTrillion, which we're going to dig into on today's episode. So, Savan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sal. It's a pleasure. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is, guys, uh, you know, Savan and I were connecting right before the pandemic, and he was going to be a guest on the show literally right as COVID started. and. Everything hit the fan. Uh, things got interrupted. So it's really great to to be reconnected with you, Savan, after after all of that. Likewise. You gave us some <laughs> more time to keep building. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You, you've made a lot of advancements since we last talked. And so let's get into it. What is it that drives your work in healthcare? My entire life has been in life sciences. I started off you know, as a nerd, uh, math, science. So I studied bioengineering at Berkeley. And then I went and doubled down and I studied bioengineering. And this was 20 years ago. This was at a time when uh, people didn't even know what that was. How do these two worlds come together, you know, biology and engineering? And then I went to Wall Street to get some business under my toolkit. And I spent way longer than I ever imagined there, uh, over 12 years. And uh, ultimately, I came back to my bioengineering roots because my uh, later in my career, my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that made me really deeply question uh, not just the entire state of healthcare, but um, I kept asking the questions, where were all the signs? And isn't there a better way? And that's, that's sort of a theme that just continued to either haunt me or inspire me as I've um, uh, approached what we what we're doing at BioTrillion, which I'll tell you more about. A lot of times, it's those personal experiences that drive entrepreneurs to to make a difference in healthcare. And uh, yours was your mom, and 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 now you're here. Tell us a little bit about your company, BioTrillion. What are you guys doing, and and how are you adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? I view the healthcare in the 21st century as the intersection of technology and anatomy. And so let me get more specific to, to that. When you go and get a your blood test taken, that's an invasive form of uh, technology meeting your anatomy. And lately, we have non-invasive approaches. So like your Apple Watch. And that's an opportunity. Your watch is an opportunity where technology is touching your anatomy generating health information. And I think we're moving into a new paradigm where now it's gone from invasive to non-invasive to non-contact. 
And so that means it's now possible to measure vital signs literally from things like video. And so our, our primary application, if I could just put it in one small phrase, is five vital signs from one video selfie. And so um, going back to that intersection of technology and anatomy, whenever you look at your phone, that's another intersection. And you look at it a hundred times a day. So can that phone actually extract unique, you know, or clinically known insights about the body? The answer today is yes, because of the resolution of those smartphones. And so that that's what's led us to extract vital signs from a video selfie. We can extract five different vital signs that are related to the brain, heart, and lung from just one 10 second selfie of yourself. We've seen some of this, right? I mean, we, you know, and, and it's funny because uh, you and I were, were chatting about this in our pre-podcast discussion, how literally three years ago, the concept of being able to do that was like, you're nuts. But today, there's more openness and understanding that this is a possibility. And there's few players here. There's, you know, there's a couple that I know of personally. Um, as you think about BioTrillion, how are you guys different and better than what's out there right now? So I, I started the company from a deeply fundamental first principle standpoint. We, we didn't just jump right into, oh, okay, we're going to do vital signs from videos. I, I built a framework up. And so, you know, it started out where anatomy technology, um, and then it, it's more really digital biomarkers. So I, I say vital signs from video selfies. People are familiar with vital signs, but the reality is, is we're doing digital biomarkers. And a biomarker is basically any measure of uh, physiology that can uh, mark or map to a disease. So to answer your question, we go beyond traditional vital signs. We, we go into things that uh, areas of the body that are not measured by other companies such as um, certain biomarkers for the brain. And so some, a couple of those that we do are um, eye saccades, which is this tremor in the eye that typically afflicts people who are impaired either by drug or uh, uh, neuropsychiatric disease. Uh, we do hand tremor, which everyone knows is um, indicative of something wrong, right? Either anxiety to up to Parkinson's yeah. ever been measured. Has your hand tremor ever been really measured? And that's the essence of health data. Data is literally information that is measured. So we go back to this fundamental aspect of measure. So sorry to get philosophic with you, but um, I think what really differentiates us is um, having that really deep foundation and then branching out into other areas beyond traditional vital signs. Thanks for the distinctions there, Savan. And, and really, it's this distinction of, hey, we're, we're looking at vital signs, but it's biomarkers. Yep. It's digital biomarkers. Um, do you guys do voice too? I know there's a lot being uh, driven out of voice. I've worked with many life science companies over the years. I've seen the industry over two decades. My first JP Morgan was in 2023, uh, 2003. So my point is, is um, I've seen a lot of technologies come and go. And what every life science company does 
is they start with a disease. So the first sentence in their description is we are developing a drug to treat X disease. We're developing a diagnostic for X disease. And and then they go and uh, then innovate the drug or the device to actually treat or diagnose that disease. What we're doing is we're, we're going backwards and we're saying, what can 4 billion people measure right now? And so we're starting with what device sits in your pocket. That's your smartphone. And then we're looking at, now when we break that down, what are the modalities? There's kinetic, right, with the accelerometer and gyroscope. There's acoustic with the microphone. And then there's there's optical. There's a couple others if, if you, you break it down. But um, if you think of those three, uh, the one that I would rather have access to the most is optical. Um, but yes, acoustic, there, I, there's a lot of promise. But as a small company, we have to pick our focus. Sure. So rather than picking one disease, we pick one modality. And we, and we, um, we believe that that will actually unlock multiple diseases. You, you went back and I, I picked up on your first principles idea. Uh, you know, starting a company that way, um, I've definitely have heard, you know, the first principles concept from, you know, Musk and, and I think even, uh, Dalio, it talks about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so fascinating that you started it that way. I always enjoy, you know, hearing how, how things get started and, and really like even setbacks like COVID, right? So like when you think about setbacks for billion trillion, What's one that happened to you guys, and and what have you learned from it? So COVID was a um, was a tough. It was tough for everyone on a personal level. Um, that's uh, that's that's a given. From an from a business perspective, um, and especially as a startup, it was hugely disruptive. Uh, yeah, we're, so we're based in San Francisco headquartered, and San Francisco was particularly. Um, uh, restrictive on on the ability to you know to work and uh, th there was definitely work from home that sort of went widespread but San Francisco is one of the first and uh, one of the longest to maintain that mandate of work from home and in my opinion that kind of yeah, as a small startup you want that ability to sort of just exchange ideas sort of you know stream of conscience uh, and spontaneously and um, when you, when you have to now split up and work from home, you know, do, th do things from Zoom, it, it does stymie that, um, you know, that, that innovative, um, vigor. So it slowed us down a bit, but, but then again, at the same time, we're digital health. So in an ironic sense, we're not dealing with, you know, uh, test tubes, we're dealing with bits. And so, yeah, I, I should say we're also fortunate that um, the ability to work remotely uh, didn't impact us as much as others, but it definitely impacted us. From then to now, you know, talk talk to us as far as, I mean, I think we're talking about it, but maybe we get deeper on tech trends, health trends that are going to change healthcare as we know it. It's about this concept of remote or non-contact. So, Throughout history, the medical field has continuously innovated devices to obtain insights into the human body, specifically for disease detection. So let's think of this in three phases. 
in the past, uh, those insights had to be accessed invasively, you know, with scalpels and it literally looked inside the body. Uh, today we're doing things non-invasively, you know, like with the watch and, and other technologies. Sensors. Yeah. And, and I, so, um, I really do think that the future of health, at least through my, you know, little prism is, uh, is what we call non-contact. Like we say non-contact is the new non-invasive, but, but let me explain to you why I think that's really significant. And so it's not a matter of like, okay, I don't, I can look at my phone instead of have to touch, you know, my watch. That, that's actually, um, that's a small uh, additional convenience. But if we think of this progression from non-invasive, um, I'm sorry, from invasive to non-invasive to contactless, this symbolizes something more fundamental, which is this trend that shifts away from the constraints of a physical paradigm. And, and, and so as we move away from these physical limitations, um, like the digital revolution has done in other sectors, like in media and, 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 and many other sectors in health, as we shift away from being able to measure the body, you know, from the inside to the surface to now remotely, that literally exponentially amplifies both convenience and scale. So now we can measure vitals and insights about a human being, not just from their phone, but from video. You could be thousands of miles away and, and analyzing these insights. And so scalability goes radically up, I think way more than um, most people intuitively assume at the beginning. It's sort of like everything evaporates. The physical evaporates and, and, and you're left with contactless. You're not tethered, you know, and, and, and now you have an opportunity to just be where you are to receive care uh, that, that you need. It, so the device you guys or the, the technology you guys have is a software that integrates into any phone Yep. And, and is it, is it, is it FDA approved or in the process of, tell me more about that. It requires a, um, because we have five biomarkers that they, they have different, um, different regulatory bars. So it, it tends to, um, range around a class one to class two, class one exempt to class two. So that they're fairly low for the initial applications. Uh, yeah. Eventually if you want to go to, you know, self, yeah, you know, consumer self-use diagnosis. Uh, that's way down the line. Yeah, uh, this is intended to be in with a clinician in the loop. Got it. So, I mean, can physicians, clinicians use it today? Is it approved for use? So, we'll be launching very soon. We're we're putting the final touches on it. So we're nice. And so, I answered your previous question sort of from a very scientific perspective. Um, but let me tell you about. Now, what does this remote non-contact mean uh, from a commercial standpoint? Right now, telehealth is sort of like what you and I are doing, right? We're, we're, we're looking at each other, but we're primarily exchanging information through sound. Yeah. And, and so I would argue telehealth is literally no different than a 1950 phone call. Because most of that, the information that's being exchanged is literally what the, what the patient's communicating. The spoken word, yeah. Right. Last weekend, like my son had a, a fever and I called the nurse service, right? Mm -hmm. 
and information exchange Uh and that's it so like the video was off but it might as well have been on or off who cares right yeah it's the same thing (laughs) i've been in situations where you know my mom was trying to do telehealth and you know the the signal was bad and the doctor's like i'll just call you my point is is that though if you know if we're expecting telehealth to be the digital revolution for healthcare like it was you know in, in in media and other sectors it's not Telehealth today is not that. What you need to do is you need to enable it more like a physical visit. And so what's missing is the ability to measure patients. So imagine now if you can do that same telehealth visit, but now the doctor can get five vital signs with, you know, during the appointment or right at the beginning of the appointment, you know, uh, let's just use a generic uh, tele, telehealth company app uh, has a patient and they're, you know, they're connecting with their doctor and there's a button for, uh, measuring or products called healthy selfie, tap this button to measure your 10 second healthy selfie. And it measures your five vitals before the doctor gets on the line. Um, and then potentially more as we continue to develop, well, that greatly informs the visit than just, you know, talking about what's wrong. You end up getting more objective metrics that help drive a visit that could have a better outcome. You start having more standardized uh, information to drive some of those discussions. It's objective measures is all is is basically what it's all about. And especially for the brain, if you think about it, the brain lacks really any objective markers. Totally. Uh, there's very few. So, which boggles my mind. Um. Yeah. Well, we've developed a few. Um. And. Uh, and and they're not they're not totally foreign. I mean, they're based on what clinicians already do, but they do subjectively. So that they take the pen light, right? Look at and look in your eyes, and they're looking for your pupil constriction, speed, and they're looking for your eye saccades, which we call eye tremor. Um, they're looking if if you're jittery with your hands. They're doing all these things subjectively, um, but that's yeah you know, that that doesn't allow you to now track these things with a good degree of precision, but once you can objectively measure them, uh, it now gives you far more insights into the brain. So not just for disease detection, but also to understand whether a a new therapeutic in clinical trials is actually working. Is it actually alleviating some of the symptoms of Parkinson's? How do we know? You know, you can't expect that person to go to a clinical trial site and just be evaluated by a doctor and expect that doctor to longitudinally compare them a month later and remember you know, how they're performing. Um, if the doctor, you know, as a human, we're, we're just subjective. We, we don't measure things like sensors. You're an innovator looking for solutions that could potentially help. Savan's your guy. Like, talk to him. If uh, you're, a, you're a med device company thinking about the future of your business, and, and maybe you're hardware heavy, this is something to be thinking about because there's an opportunity for, for you to rethink that strategy and have some options to, to really take a look at the landscape and where everything's going. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. And so it's better to be ahead of it than not. Savan, what place should people reach out to you and uh, what closing thoughts do you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I'd like to just close with uh, something that you just mentioned, uh, you know, if we think of even companies outside of healthcare, right? You mentioned hardware companies. 
Yesterday, we just saw the release of a new iPhone. And sure enough, it was like, okay, some new features. And here's some amazing new cameras, right? And you're like, okay, but my cameras are pretty good at taking pictures, right? What do I need you know, 48 megapixels for? I mean, what, what do you know, 4 billion people need that for? So I would close by saying, um, what we're building is not necessarily just for, for the health market, but I think at some point, a lot of these large tech uh, smartphone manufacturers and, and just big tech in general are gonna need much more compelling applications for that type of hardware. So what is the new killer app for that amazing camera? Right, it can't be photography anymore. I believe going forward, it's going to be hell, and that'll drive the next um, series of upgrades. So, anyways, what we're doing sort of finds its ways into uh, lots of areas, but but health and touching a billion lives is our mission. No better way to do that than using the device in your pocket. So, I'll leave it there, and um, you guys, uh, anyone who who finds what we're doing interesting, can. Just reach out to me. It's uh, saban.devani at biotrillion.com, or you can go to biotrillion.com. Saban, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate this time. And, and folks, take advantage of, uh, of, of connecting with Saban here. He is uh, just a brain on this stuff. Uh, so certainly connect with him. Find out more about collaboration opportunities, ways you guys could get involved. Um, and, and, and there's opportunities there. So Salvin, thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you, Sal. Good to see you. Likewise.